All right, can we thank Jesus once again for all that we have celebrated today? God is faithful. God is faithful. And uh, it is an honor uh, to preach uh, here. I hope it's not the last time. Y'all bug Pastor West to invite me back a few more times after this. Um, But at least as one of the pastors of this incredible church, um, open up your Bibles to Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four. Um, For those who have been part of the Vintage Church family, um, we've been walking through the book of Philippians together for about um, five or six weeks. And uh, about six weeks, I think this is the sixth or seventh uh, sermon in the series. And um, God has just been super kind to us. We've entitled this journey in the book of Philippians, uh, Joyride. And so by way of context to, to catch you up, we've been shouting things together and, and we've been challenging. Look, this is joy deep, deep down in our heart. Where? Down in our heart. Where? Down in our heart. So if you grew up in church, you know those types of songs, right? And so you see behind, this is our uh, title for today's sermon. Everybody say, he provides real loud. He provides, okay? And so we've been challenging each other with a bunch of different themes, challenging each other to enjoy the ride and to have joy on the ride, on this journey. And, and joy, guys, um, is something we're learning about within the book of Philippians because the context of this, the Apostle Paul, so Vintage Church, we walked through the book of Acts for like a year and a half, and then we went into the book of Philippians. And I know travelers, you guys have been walking through the word, and Pastor West can't wait to preach next week. I'm really thankful that he gave me three and a half hours to preach today, so get comfortable. Um, I'm just kidding. We, we got to eat, and we're going to have friends giving together. I can't wait. It looks beautiful downstairs, and it's going to be so much fun. Um, but the Apostle Paul wrote this letter to a church that he planted to a church that he planted. But here's the kicker. He wrote this letter basically from jail. And you're gonna hear him in this letter say things like, rejoice in the Lord always, again I'll say rejoice. Now I've confessed to the Vintage Church family over and over again, I'm a sissy. If I'm in jail, I ain't saying, rejoice in the Lord always, again I say rejoice. I'm saying, help, send food. This is not fun, you know? Cook me up something nice. Send me letters, send me encouragement. And I think it's so amazing. Isn't it great to learn from someone? And he's in jail, guys, not because, you know, he went streaking downtown and got arrested for it. No, he is in jail because he loves Jesus. And here is this man in jail. What just landed in my mouth? Did y'all see that? Something came out of nowhere. What's happening? Yeah. All right. Lock back in, Rob. Uh, I mean, literally, something went in. I hope it didn't go inside. Like, I, now I'm starting to wonder what landed. Did you do that, Kevin? Like, what's going on? Um, what was I talking about? Oh, Paul. Paul. Paul's talking about uh, having joy on the ride, and uh, he's he's talking about this from jail, which I think speaks to you and I. Anyone want to confess in the house that life's hard? Well, can I just tell you, because there's pastors even in the city that are telling you different. People are telling you that, man, if you have Jesus, it won't be hard anymore. (laughs) I would say probably the opposite is going to happen to you. I mean, 
the moment you start waving this Christian flag, start living for Jesus, the world is not going to embrace you. This world ultimately rejected Jesus. The world will reject you too. But we've learned that joy is not just something superficial, but we can practice the superficial. Everybody give me your cheesy church smile right now. Come on. I need to see some smiling faces. God is good. How many of y'all ready for Thanksgiving? I'm ready. Um, I've already started with that, you know, butterfinger, peanut butter, chocolate cake that I was blessed with my neighbors. Um, I'm so thankful so we can practice smiling, but I don't want just the external. I want an internal smile. I want joy. And on this Sunday, as we celebrate the merger of Travelers and Vintage Church, as we celebrate the enlistment of your new pastor, Pastor Wes Weinbarger, who I love so much, him and Lexi and their kids. I think it's pretty phenomenal that God designed for us to shout joy and to thank God that he provides. Let's look in the scripture together. In Philippians chapter four, verse 12, 13, it says this. I know how to be brought low And I know how to abound. Isn't that a picture of life? Lows and highs. (laughs) Some of y'all are on a high right now. Y'all know Monday's coming. Right? The man is going to hold you down. Some of y'all are at a low right now. How many of y'all have ever been encouraged out of a low season? Paul, Paul says, hey, I'm just like you. I know highs, I know lows. And this is what he says, in any and every circumstance. I went to seminary, that means anything that's going on in your life. Any circumstance, highs, lows, everywhere in between. I have learned the secret of facing abundance or plenty or the highs Because the highs can be dangerous, can it? You can let your guard down and pride comes before a fall. Right? So facing plenty, I've learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger. In seasons where I've been desperate, where I've not known where my paycheck's coming, when I've been battling cancer, when relationships have been broken in my life, I've learned the secret of facing the plenty, of facing the hunger, of abundance and need. And then here's a verse that you've probably heard quoted by many an athlete over the years. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Let's say that together, verse 13. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And so what we're gonna do is we're gonna cover this last chapter in the book of Philippians. And so make sure you get your Bible ready and mark it up and take some notes because this moment is not just for this moment, it's for movement. And so we want you to process this throughout the week, rally in circles. You can't just sit in rows, you gotta sit in circles and process God's word together and and grow in the Lord together. And so let's take some notes, but we're gonna go all around. Let's just consider this one verse right away. Verse 13, I can do all things through him 
who strengthens me. In high school, I played uh, basketball about 30, 40 pounds ago and uh, played in high school and in college. And in, in high school, uh, you know, I don't want to brag, but I was one of the top free throw shooters in the state of South Carolina. And uh, I had a routine every time I got up to the line. When I got up to the line, the referee would hand me the basketball. I would spin it, and then I would dribble three times, get in my position, money. Um, what I did on top of that was this. Referee would hand me the ball, spin it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No wonder I made a lot of them. Because that's the meaning of this verse, right? Like, it was intended to help me make free throws. Uh, years ago, I was part of a Super Bowl celebration. I got to be an NFL chaplain for years. And uh, there was a Super Bowl in New Orleans with the Ravens against the 49ers. And uh, Ray Lewis got up. You know, we can kind of misquote scriptures at times and, and take them out of context. And he had this moment at this gospel celebration. And look, I love Ray Lewis. I think he's awesome. But he was like, if God, like he was speaking on behalf of the Ravens, okay? And he was like, if God be for us, who can be against us? I'm like, I don't think God is going to pick the Ravens or the 49ers, <laughs> Let's just be honest, if he had a team, it would be the New Orleans Saints. Because we read about the Saints. It definitely wouldn't be a Steeler. I mean, there's no way, right? And so we can take things out of context. Well, let's explain this verse because I think it helps us to set up this context. Listen to this um, one commentary. Um, this does not necessarily mean that Christ will strengthen you to do all things. Although I do believe in that truth. It means that if you have Christ, he will strengthen you through all things. He doesn't necessarily strengthen you to do all things. It means that he strengthens you through all things. What has Paul just said? Hey, when I was hungry, he got me through it. When I had everything I needed and I actually got a little too prideful, he humbled me and he got me through it. Y'all with me? This is the correct teaching of this. Yes, it can apply to free throws if you want it. But at the end of the day, this is a story and a verse about life. He gives us strength, whether low or abounding, any and every circumstance, plenty and hungry, abundance or need. Christ is enough for you. He's enough for you. And as Paul wrote these words from prison... He wrote these words as a testimony that being with Jesus even in prison is better than having anything and everything in this world without Jesus. Without Jesus. You see, Christ strengthens us. And he gives us an ability that we don't have. I love saying it this way. Christ does for me what I could never do for myself. And even these testimonies about salvation, can I just share this with you? If you're far from God and you're considering following God, not one of us, that's what we celebrate with this baptism, not one of us say, oh yeah, I deserved it. No, we thank God for his grace. Thank you, God, for saving me. I didn't save myself. God, you saved 
me. What, what did we celebrate earlier? Is this a vintage party or a traveler's party? No, this is a God party today. Thank you, God, for your grace. As my papa went to be with Jesus years ago, mighty preacher of God's word, one of his last quotes of his last sermon, he said this, my dear friends, the greatest tragedy in the world is for any man or any woman, any boy or any girl to die without Christ. To die without Christ. You see, God has provided Vintage Church. God has provided Traveler's Church. God has provided to my new church family, First Baptist Church of Charlotte, North Carolina. Some of you are like, nice jacket, Rob. Yeah, I'm fully Baptist. Um, I, I get to pastor a beautiful congregation. God has provided First Baptist Church of Charlotte. But he hasn't necessarily provided us for each other. He hasn't necessarily provided new leadership or pastors for each other. He hasn't necessarily provided more things from this world. Do you know what he's provided up most and foremost? Himself. Anybody want to testify in the house that God has been faithful as we've walked together towards this day? Can we give God a shout of praise right now? God has provided, as I've been praying for really over the last two years, far more than ever I, that I could ever ask, think, or imagine. And I'm just humbled by it. Um, it's super cool when Jesus just starts taking things over. And guys, from a vintage side of things, I didn't see this coming. We talked about it. But God knew what he was doing. I've talked enough with Wes and Travers peeps. We didn't see this coming, but God knew this was coming. And as my family got to meet a whole new church family in Charlotte, North Carolina, they didn't see it coming. In fact, they said no to me back in the spring. But God saw this coming. And God's timing is always perfect. To, to even think about the fact that I might have accepted a call to a church in Charlotte back in the spring and missed out on seeing my neighbor, Dino, and his daughters meet Jesus? Couldn't imagine. God is faithful. And his timing's always perfect. And he gives us the ability to get through all things. And I have no doubt God has been faithful. He is faithful, and he forever will be faithful to the end. Amen? All right, y'all know I got points. I told you it's going to be about a three and a half hour sermon. Because Wes actually hasn't promised he's going to invite me back. Let's break down this text together. God has provided, first of all, in this text, number one, his concern. God has provided his concern. Look with me as we kind of rewind a little bit in the text right here in verse 10. Paul says to the church in Philippi as he wraps up this letter, he says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern. Everybody say concern. Your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no 
opportunity. And so I love this. What Paul is reflecting on is the faithfulness of God through a people of God. Any of y'all been blessed by the faithfulness of God through the people of God? I know I have. You are a blessing in my life. And thank you for the many times you've reached out, even over this last week. Pastor Rob, you okay? I know this is a hard week. One of my good friends in the house, I won't single him out, he said, I hope it was a gentle week. Yeah, it was hard, but God was kind. And I love that concern. And why do we have concern within our hearts? Well, why do we love? 1 John four nineteen says this, we love because Christ first loved us. The reason why we want to be a blessing to others is because Christ has been a blessing to us. You see, the Philippian Christians had not forgotten about their founding pastor. And they had blessed him with material possessions. Remember, they sent messengers from their church to be a blessing to Paul while he was in prison. And they talked and they walked and they ministered to the apostle Paul providing for his needs. One great privilege we have about being a part of the body of Christ is getting to be concerned for each other. Can I put it a different way? Um, we would love for you to make a commitment to be here every single week. Do you know why? Most of what you encounter throughout the week in Pittsburgh is not going to encourage you in the ways of the Lord. And I think this is important for you to be here. I hope it's okay with you if we don't see you for a couple weeks that maybe Pastor Wes reaches out to you concerned. The reason why we might be concerned is because we understand that life is hard. We understand that most in this world are not gonna be pointing you to the ways of God. And a great privilege we have in terms of being a part of the body of Christ is to tap into the provision that God has given to us through salvation and in a sense, go out and look for others who are in need of Jesus too. You see, he has provided his concern. Number two, he has provided his contentment. His contentment. Look, there's been a lot of anxiety in me and my family's life over the last few weeks, as you can imagine. I was nervous as all get out preaching to that new congregation down in Charlotte. I woke up at like 4.30 and uh, was ready to preach, but I was nervous. Um, I woke up this morning, just to make you feel better, at 3.30. Show you how nervous I am about today. But I want you to know, as nervous as I've been, God's given me peace. He's given me contentment. Everybody take a deep breath. <sighs> Can I assure you something? He's got this. As Annabeth preaches to me, she's the best preacher in our house. Rob, God doesn't want your ability. He wants your availability. He's got this. Look in the text. I love this in verse 11 and 12. It says, not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. And then this verse that we read earlier, I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in every circumstance. I have learned the secret of placing 
of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. Paul's different circumstances never affected Paul's inner contentment. To be content is to be fully sufficient and calm and accepting of life's pressures. And I just gotta let you know, there's no way for you to ever have true contentment on this side of heaven, outside of the contentment and peace that God can give you. We preached a couple weeks ago that there's a peace that passes understanding. Do you know one of the most powerful ways you can be a witness in this world is when you're going through a storm, you have peace. Because most people in this world, as they go through a storm, man, they get rattled, they panic, they make bad decisions. For you to recognize that my house is built on a rock and the rock being Jesus. And when storms come, my house is gonna stand firm. It's probably the greatest way you can testify to this world that there is someone greater than this world. Aren't y'all thankful that God provides his contentment? Number three, God does provide his confidence. God has provided his confidence. And yes, he might help you make some free throws. He might help you win a Super Bowl. But I will tell you, as part of my own story, I grew up as a kid being scared to death to speak in front of anybody. I literally failed classes because I refused to present papers in front of my peers. How in the world am I here spending the majority of my life speaking in front of people? It's God. God has truly given me the confidence because of what he's done for me, not because of me, nothing that I earned, to go and be about what he's called me to do. And Vintage and Traveler's Church, the future is wide open. And I know there can be some nerves and some worries and some concerns with changes. Change is hard. Can we all agree? Let's nod. Change is hard. But God's got this. Don't have confidence in each other. Don't have even full confidence in me or Pastor Wes. Have confidence in the Lord. For God can equip you through Jesus Christ and he can help you get through all things. Paul says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And guys, just personally, I've shared this phrase over and over. Reflective praise inspires future perseverance. Can I just share with you? As I go to Charlotte, <laughs> I'm scared to death. But do you know what I hold to? Reflective praise inspires future perseverance. When I was scared to death coming here five years ago to Pittsburgh, and I saw snow for the first time, and I tried to translate some of the conversations we had, and I tried to get directions on how to get to the giant eagle, and I started to panic and freak out, and I was like, all these people say this is black and gold, it looks black and yellow to me. God did for me what I could have never done. And in that, I know that God has been with my family here. And because God has called me to a new city, God is going to be with me there. I have great confidence in the Lord. Number four, 
God has provided his community. His community. Anyone thankful for the church? Anyone thankful for each other? I am so thankful that God didn't just call us and save us and say, good luck, you're by yourselves. How many of y'all agree? The Apostle Paul, pretty legit pastor. I mean, if he came walking in, both Wes and I are sitting on the front row saying, it's your church, you can lead this church now, right? Paul never rolled alone. He always had brothers and sisters in Christ lifting him up, being concerned for him, him pouring into them, them pouring into him. And this is what it means. Guys, the church is not a building. This is a pretty cool building. The church is not a 501c3 with the state of Pennsylvania. It's not a name. Who cares about names? It's the people of God who've been saved by King Jesus, who have been called out to be salt and light, loving God and loving people with their lives. That's who the church is. So here in this text, look at verse 14 through 18. Paul says, yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. Beautiful community. He says, and you Philippians, you yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, these are all his trips, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. So I don't know what happened. I guess the church in Colossae didn't like the apostle Paul as much as the church in Philippi did, but... Nonetheless, the Philippians stuck out. And why did they stick out? Because they were there for him. They didn't just say, praying for you. <laughs> hey, just as a little newsflash, as you guys go down to the beach in the summer, come stop by Charlotte. We'd love to take you out for dinner. Let's hang out together. We, we got a place that we'd love to show you. Let's continue to be partners in the gospel. Man, I'm so thankful for this community. Look, as Paul starts to share, he goes, even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. There's this continued partnership. How many of y'all need, need a church family to not just love you today, but also tomorrow? How many of y'all need a church family to love you next year? Like we need each other and so we wanna be consistent and we wanna continue to pour out love for each other. Now check out verse 17, he goes, not that I seek the gift. I'm not concerned about the money you would give me or the food that you'd give me or whatever else. No, I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. What's he saying there? Hey church, there's a truth. It's more blessed to give than to receive. How many of y'all have ever sacrificed to give to someone else? And honestly, you have felt more blessed, right? Than the person who you're giving to. You see, that's what Paul's saying here. Let's be a giving church. He says, I've received full payment and more. I'm well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus, there's our boy, Paffy. From Epaphroditus, the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering and a sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. Listen, regardless of Paul being content in all things, and he was content, he still needed his community. It's church talk when you go and you ask somebody, hey, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good, brother, I'm good, brother. Most people aren't. We all lie on Instagram. We all lie on Facebook. Moms be like, look at my kid, the next Nobel Peace Prize winner. Look at my kid, 
about to, you know, cure cancer. Meanwhile, you're sitting at home, you're like, I just like for my kid to poop right. I, I, don't, I don't know what's going on, but like, that kid over there's a genius. My kid can't even poop. We all lie. And so here's the reality. As we all lie about that, can we be real? Can we just be real? Yes, God can bring contentment to us and peace, but we need help. I need you to keep reaching out to me. Wes, I need you to keep reaching out to me. I need you by my side in Charlotte. I need the church, and I know you need the church too. So let's be this community. Can I just share with you, travelers and vintage here today, you are not here as two new churches in Pittsburgh about to become one church in Pittsburgh. You are not here without the loving generosity and sacrifice of other churches that have provided all this. All this. And I just want you to know, we need to keep paying it forward. We need to keep finding others in need. We need to keep reaching out and extending grace and mercy. We need to keep being a kingdom church here in Pittsburgh, loving all different churches and expressions that lift high the name of Jesus. Let's continue to be the community that God has called us to be. And if I can just share personally to my vintage church family, thank you for being that for me and my family. And maybe we've got a few people worshiping with us online. Over the last five years, we went different ways. I'm very thankful for every one of you. Whether it was two months, two years, or all five years, I'm very thankful that God brought you into my family's life to be our community. And Vintage Church, now my new Travelers Church family, I'm here in Pittsburgh to the end of the year. I don't technically start for First Baptist Charlotte till the new year, although you couldn't tell them that. I've been pretty busy this week doing stuff. Um, but do you know, as of this moment, when I step off this stage, Pastor Wes, you're my pastor in Pittsburgh. And I need you, brother. I need you to love me. Vintage church family, traveler's family, I need you. And I want to be there for you too. Aren't we thankful that God provides his community? But lastly, God provides his covenant. His covenant. Look in verse 19 through 23. It says, and my God will supply every need. <laughs> How many parents are hearing some wants right now for Christmas? This is the difference between want and need been praying for a Tesla with rim spinning for years. Just hadn't happened yet. All right? Like, that's a want. Need. It says, my God will, not a question mark, will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. And then I love this exaltation to our God and Father be glory forever and ever. We all say amen. But then I love this little addition at the end of the letter. At the end, Paul reminds the church in Philippi of the covenant that they've made. First with Jesus, 
and then each other. And I've told you long ago, please leave if the reason why you're here is because Josiah sings like a canary. I think he does, he sings beautifully. Please leave if you're here because this is a convenient location for you in town. Please leave if you're here because, you know, you, you like this preacher or not, or you love this logo or not. Please, like, that's not why anybody should be at a church. Do you know why you go to a church? Do you know why you connect with a church? It's because of covenant. When Annabeth and I got married, I didn't sign a contract. I made a covenant. I made a covenant before God with my wife. Make a covenant before God with this church. Because when you make a covenant, that whole in marriage till death do us part, you'd be amazed at how difficult it is to live with her sometimes. Not me. I mean, not difficult at all for her to live with me, but for y'all know I'm in trouble. I mean, we're celebrating 20 years of marriage this May. 20 years. Okay, can we just be real? Give her a round of applause. 20 years with this guy? Are you serious? She needs an award. But we've had many ups and downs, but do you know why we've kept moving forward? Because it's actually at the end of the day, not about our performance. It's about what God told us to do. His covenant. Look at the celebration Paul has at the end here. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus. He's speaking about his love and affection of the church. Plus he's a New Orleans Saints fan. And it says, the brothers who are with me greet you. <laughs> I can't wait to maybe take a trip up here west with First Baptist Charlotte, a mission trip to Pittsburgh and introduce you to some of my new brothers and sisters in Christ. They are so awesome. I love them. I can't wait for us to share life together, continue to advance God's kingdom together. And then it says, all the saints greet you. Isn't it great to know that this local church is connected to a kingdom of God? Different local expressions united around one God, one faith, one baptism, lifting high the name of Jesus. He says, especially those of Caesar's household, and then he says, as Josiah comes up to close, we're going to sing a song. And Wes, you're not allowed to leave this room. That dude's got ants in his pants. You got to stay here. In verse 23, it says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. The, the, the thing that as I prayed and asked the Lord, okay, Lord, what, what do you want me to share with them? What, what do you want me to share with them as I transition to a new assignment? This ain't goodbye, this is see you later. What do you want me to share? The Lord showed me in verse 23. God's grace. And I pray that this next season in your chapter in life and ministry is a season where you are overwhelmed by the grace of God.
where you are overtaken by the Spirit of God. Guys, leaving here is hard. This hasn't been just like a gig for me. This has been blood, sweat, tears, finances, time, a lot of war wounds, a lot of joys. And as my family and I went down to Charlotte last week to preach in view of a call, as you guys united here to preach and to examine and pray and ask the Lord for affirmation of Pastor West becoming our new pastor here and travelers, you prayed from a distance and now we're here to celebrate as you've affirmed and Vintage has affirmed this new journey. Guys, I came into a context I've never been in. I grew up in it. My dad was a pastor of an established church. But this church, First Baptist Charlotte, in the year 2032, when I turned 50, McCall is a senior in high school, is gonna celebrate its 200th birthday. So I, I went down there and, and as you can imagine, there's a few more things that are put together and there's a lot more processes. And they worked me and my family. We did everything from playing volleyball with young adults. I got spiked in the face a couple times to holding little ones in nursery rooms and just loving on the, the new little ones in the church. I went to a nursing home to sit at the feet of Miss Ebby, 98 years old. She was telling me about their church in the 1940s. And everywhere in between, and on Friday night, guys, I got to stand up, and this is crazy for me. It's crazy for me, because when, truthfully, we landed here in Pittsburgh, there was nobody. When Wes landed here in Pittsburgh, there was nobody. And on Friday night, they invited all the leaders of the church to come out, and leaders or anybody who's serving in any sort of role within the church, and there were over 100 there. And we got to tell our story, and. We got to share and Annabeth got up and you'll love Burke. Can I tell you a Burke story real quick? When Annabeth is introducing our family to this church, Burke says, let me have a turn. He comes up on stage, takes the mic out of one of the leaders of the church's hands. And he says this, can we just all be honest? Y'all are here for me. <laughs> can you tell which one is like their mama, right? Um, and guys, we finished this amazing night. And the chairman of deacons, there's 25 deacons. His name is Mr. Harold. He's a retired police chief there in Charlotte. He comes up to me and he says, Pastor, we have a meeting to get to. I was like, oh man, here it goes. So I'm walking, I'm like, all right. I'm about to get whooped. It's all been fun until now. Here it comes. And we walk into this room over on the side and over at this room, I walk into a room and I'm surrounded by all the deacons. And y'all know me, I try and sarcastically get out of every situation. And I walk in, I said, oh, okay, I've been hearing stories about when this would happen, but kudos to you guys for whooping me in the church building instead of out back, and they all laugh. Do you know that Harold got up and he basically took over the room 
And he just looked at me and he said, Pastor Rob, we have already met and you are our pastor. And God has already called us. We've got your back. And this circle, ain't nobody getting through it to mess with you. We love you and we're excited about what God has brought. And guys, as they surrounded me, I started to weep. Because I landed into a city in New Orleans and in Pittsburgh where I didn't have a circle established. But I've been able to see a circle form. And in this very room, can't wait to get to know you travelers peeps. Because Wes has bragged about you guys and how much you love him. But in this room, Dino might not have known Jesus when I arrived here five years ago, but that's a brother right there that's got my back. Kevin, when I came here to this city, didn't know Jesus. But that's a brother who's got my back. And I could go so on and so forth across this room. Evan and Sarah were in our room last night, in our house last night. Thank you for being an answered prayer of God's provision in my life. And I do want you to know, thank you, Lord, for giving me an opportunity to step into a new assignment with a circle of people that already have our back. But you know, as I prayed about this, Wes, come stand right here, brother. And I got the mic right now. You have it next week, but I've got it. This is my moment. Just stand there and be still. I need you to be right there in the middle. I've already had the privilege of planting a church and leaving it. And do you know, even though I asked Wes, I asked Wes to build a statue of me out front as you guys come in but he just said, we don't have the money for it. So I'm still praying. Do you know in New Orleans, that church that I planted, there's no statue of me there either. It's very disappointing. And I'm actually in New Orleans forgotten. Half those people don't even know I exist. Do you know what's not forgotten? This man has heard from Jesus. And he's answered the call to be your next pastor. And if I know anything about Wes and Lexi Weinbarger and their family, this is a family that's all about Jesus too. And I'm not asking for you. I'm not asking for you to necessarily have his back, although that would be nice. I'm asking for you if you would feel so led as we go into one more song, if you feel led to have this man's back, I want you to stand up and come down front here, young and old, male and female, and right now surround your new pastor before I pray for him. Anybody in the house ready to have Pastor Wes Weinbarger's back?
okay, if you can't make it. I love, I love trying to do things. It's a unanimous vote, Wes. These are a people who are committed to honor you, to love you as you honor and love Christ. And brother, you know this, I got your back. Thank you for having mine here in Pittsburgh. Thank you for telling me to press on and make it this long. Thank you for the kind words, the encouragement, the hangouts. Thank you for taking me fishing, even though you're a terrible fisherman. These people, I know Travelers is, but if I can speak on behalf of this fame, this amazing church family called Vintage, they love you. And they can't wait to see how God's going to empower you to lead this church into the future. And so Lord Jesus, as we go into this time, Lord, we, first of all, church, would you agree? We give all glory and honor and praise to Jesus Christ. Can we just thank Jesus for all that you have done, Lord Jesus? You are worthy of all worship and honor and praise. None of us are worthy for this moment. Lord, we are thankful in this moment. And we fully embrace this moment because Lord, we truly believe you have ordained this moment and you have been faithful to provide for Travelers Church. You have been faithful to provide for Vintage Church. You've been faithful to provide for First Baptist Church Charlotte. And we thank you, Lord, for your provision. And Lord, right now in this moment, we circle around our brother, our leader, my pastor here in Pittsburgh, Pastor Wes and his beautiful family. And God is so symbolic that even right now in this moment, Lexi's not even in here, she's serving. What a, what a group of servants the West, the Weinbargers are. And we just honor them. We thank them. We love them. We cherish them. We respect them. And we pray for them right now here in this holy moment. God, I pray that you would anoint Pastor Wes with the power of your Holy Spirit like he's never felt in his life. And God, that you would use him to the fullness of your kingdom and the fullness of your glory, unleashing God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, use him to lead our church to truly love you and to love our city. We thank you, Jesus, for your provision for this incredible man and his family. To you be all glory and honor and praise. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. Amen.